podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Glasgow is Green podcast, the Celtic podcast, and we're going to be talking about our sensational 3-2 win over Rangers at the weekend, which takes us 12 points clear at the top of the league and all but clinches the title for a second season in a row. And joining me in the gig pod episode 163 debrief, as I've been told to call it, is Spunkphone. How are you doing, mate? I am doing fantastically well, John. Um, it's a beautiful, sunny bank holiday Monday. Celtic did the business at the weekend. I've had lots of beer, Guinness, lots of chocolate as well over the Easter weekend. And of course, got to celebrate post-match with yourself, which I've just about recovered from. So it's a pleasure to be here and I'm uh, feeling great. Yes, it was a, a sensational uh, day, especially after. And of course, the chocolate helped as well. So a great invention. So uh, let's talk about the team that was selected. We talked about it a lot. Last week in the preview and on the internet on the Discord channel that we're in. And in the end, Aaron Moy did start. We're all wondering. And we're also wondering who was going to replace Rio Hatati. And it turned out to be Matt O'Reilly. In the end, is that who you expected would start the game? Yeah, well, I think you and I had, had discussed it on the uh, the pre-brief pod, as it was christened. Um, that we thought it'd be a midfield three with McGregor, obviously, in the, the kind of six role, as usual. And then the two eights ahead of him would be O'Reilly and, and Moy as well, if Moy was fit enough to start, which we'll obviously talk a little bit about his, his performance. We don't want to be too negative, of course, but it looked as though he maybe wasn't fully fit. Having said that, wasn't really surprised with the team. I think it was more or less the one that you and I had predicted beforehand. So no, no, no surprises on, on my side um, when it came to starting 11. No, same here. I thought that Moy would start because... His form for like 99% of the season has been excellent. And we all know that the manager likes Matt O'Reilly. I mean, he's not had the best season, but he still contributed a lot of assists. And he did that at the weekend, of course, which we'll talk about in a wee bit. Right, so on to the game. And I don't think Celtic started well. Now, that might be to do with the fact that Rangers' tactics were different as they changed their tactics pretty drastically for the League Cup final. They had a different midfield as Raskin and Campwell, the two superstars, didn't start the League Cup final. Their fans weren't happy about that. They sort of backed off us and let us have the ball. In this game, they pressed us a lot more. And our passing was poor. And two of our best players this season, CCV and the aforementioned Aaron Moy, started pretty poorly, basically. CCV got booked in the first 10 minutes for a foul on Morelos. And Aaron Moy's passing was just terrible. I mean, he ended up getting booked for a hilarious foul in the second half. And he got took off relatively early. And he really had no real impact in the game at all. Do you think, on reflection, that the manager regrets starting Aaron Moy, or do you think it was a gamble worth taking? I think it was it was probably a gamble worth taking. I know we talked about potentially gambling with Hitati's fitness, for example, beforehand, but 
given the nature of that injury, um, I remember saying at the time that I, I don't think we would gamble and, and I don't think it would be wise to do so with the games coming up ahead. I think with Moy, given that it was obviously something a bit less serious um, and, and given obviously his form, which you know we've raved about on here for the past kind of four or five months now since the, the return for the World Cup, I think it was a gamble worth taking and ultimately one that probably didn't really pay off. Um, as you were saying there, he did look kind of a yard or two off it and, and was hooked relatively early in the second half. But as I say, I was calling for him to start before before the game, albeit I think he was probably probably a little bit off the pace and I think that showed in, in terms of his ball retention early on. Um, I think as a team we actually struggled to, to settle into the game, to be honest, for the first kind of 10, 15, 20 minutes. It was quite, quite slack a lot of the time with the passing. Rangers, I think, actually to give them some credit, pressed us relatively well in the opening stages and sort of stopped McGregor getting on the ball as much. A lot of the possession that we had in the early stages was just between kind of Carter Vickers, Starfelt and Taylor, kind of just playing passes amongst themselves and, and Rangers seemed to be happy to let them kind of do so because they weren't going anywhere at that stage. But I, th- I think it was a little bit of a slack start from us and we did struggle to, to get a footing in the game and, and Moy was just, just part of that, I guess, on the day. If Hitati had been fit, I think Moy would have been on the bench. But because we were missing Hitati, it would have been too much of a gamble. If we had two first-choice midfielders out, it would have been, I think, too much to deal with. But we still managed to cope. We have no Hitati, even though I think we did we did miss him badly because I think he's a brilliant player. Right, so let's talk about the first big incident in the game. Rangers get a goal disallowed. Unbelievably, the world is still turning. It hasn't collapsed in its axis. Football will still continue even though Rangers had a conscientious goal against them at Celtic Park disallowed. Well, perhaps conscientious. There's Alfredo Morelos, in which probably will be his last game against Celtic at Celtic Park. Thought he'd opened the scoring for Rangers after a corner from Barisic. He scored from close range. We didn't really defend it very well. But Kevin Brave Clancy, that great referee who was crap, basically, disallowed it because just before Morelos scored... He had judged that he shoved Alistair Johnson, who did go down, and the referee, unbelievably enough, disallowed it. At first, I thought it was a goal, and I texted our dear leader, who, of course, is the editor. And then, when we saw the replay, we could see why it was sent off. It was it was disallowed, because it did look like he shoved Johnson. I mean, Johnson might have went down a wee bit theatrically, but if you shove a player over, it's a foul. So, it was perhaps soft, but I can see why it was given. So you were at the game. Tell us what you thought of the incident and tell us what you thought now you've saw it on the telly. Yeah, well, for that incident in particular, I was actually sat behind the goal um, in the upper tier as well. So I got a, a decent view of it, albeit I kind of caught up in the, the game at that moment in time. And there's a million other incidents that, that you could potentially be looking at in and around the penalty box at a set piece in, in these games, such as the, the nature of how this Rangers side like to um, try and utilise set pieces, but I, I did get a, a decent enough view of it, I haven't seen it back as well since, I think it probably was the correct decision, Johnson as good as he was on Saturday and I think he was actually the, the sponsors man of the match wasn't he does get caught underneath the ball, he feels obviously the, it's initially actually what it looks to, to be is a pull from Morelos and then a push away which I think is what probably takes it over the, the threshold um, for a foul and for being the, the correct decision but at the same time, it's one of those where I don't think VAR was ever going to overturn it either way. I think it was pretty subjective. It wouldn't have been clear and obvious either way, if that makes sense. I think if 
brave Kevin Clancy had gave the goal at the time, I think it probably would have stood. But equally, having disallowed it, I don't think they were going to, to go to VAR and, and overrule the, the on-field decision. So smart defending from Johnson, having been caught underneath the ball. And yeah, I think it was probably just over the over the threshold for a foul on, uh, on balance, having seen it back. Yep, and of course, Rangers, the club who have unsurpassed Digny, who never complain about referees, wrote to the league asking why the goal got disallowed. So I'm sure there'll be more on that later in the week. But on to more hilarious things. Celtic took the lead soon after, and it was that man, Kyogo, who is just... A machine against Rangers. Five goals against them in three games this season. And it was a very good goal. A typical Celtic goal in a way. Greg Taylor actually deserves a lot of credit for winning the ball in midfield and passing it to Matt O'Reilly. We were questioning his selection. He made an error later that we'll talk about, but in a way justified his selection with a goal because it was his pass into the box to Kyogo. Kyogo done a wonderful wee turn to get away from his defender. And he smashed the ball off Al McGregor into the back of the net. It was a typical Celtic goal, typical Kyogo goal. One no Celtic. What did you make of the goal? I thought it was a, a really good team goal, the sort of goal that Ange would love. Yeah, well, I think um, obviously it had the, the offside goal disallowed beforehand. Um, for that we kind of run he'd made in behind. But that was, as you would say, a, a typical Celtic goal, reminiscent of the kinds of goals we've been scoring in these games um, in recent times. Obviously, Taylor does deserve credit for that pass into O'Reilly. O'Reilly deserves a lot of credit for actually being able to take the touch that he does, which I, I think actually goes through the legs of, of Tavernier. He then obviously runs on to it, plays that brilliant pass into Kyogo, who only needs one touch to, to take um, take the ball under control, turns, fires it past McGregor, and for all the kind of patter before the two, a whole game at Ibrox about how he hadn't performed in these games and whether that was actually fair um, upon reflection or not I mean he's he's silenced any kind of critics any doubters with his his contribution since he obviously scored another goal on Saturday which we'll come on to but that one there really did just sum him and Celtic up um, to say the, the touch from O'Reilly initially from that pass for Taylor which is kind of fired into him is excellent and it's another assist for him in one of these games as well and, and for Kyogo another goal but I did think it was a, a typical Celtic move, John, and uh, an outstanding goal. No, I didn't mention the offside goal, not because I forgot about it, of course, wink, but because I'm going to talk about it later on when it comes to our second goal. I, I didn't forget about it at all. But, uh, so after that, we were in control to an extent. I mean, didn't he create that many chances? Jota had a shot that was saved by McGregor. It didn't really look like it was grand to me. It was too near McGregor. I mean, it was directly at him, although it was a decent save. But then we done something which drove me crazy throughout the whole game. We know that Rangers' biggest threats come for set pieces. They scored for a set piece in the cup final. They scored for a set piece apparently in the league game Ibrooks. And then right in the stroke of half time, Matt O'Reilly, who we're just praising there, dives in, gives away a stupid foul about thirty yards out. He's booked. And we know that Rangers captain Tav is really good at free kicks. I mean, he's even better at penalties because of the practice he gets. But he's really good at free kicks. And unfortunately, I have to say, I thought it was an excellent goal. Right on the stroke at half time, he just hammered it in off the underside of the bar. Joe Hart had no chance. I saw some criticism of Joe Hart on the internet, and I just thought, what was he meant to do? There was no way he was going to get it. I thought it was a good goal, unfortunately. And at half time, it was one each. And. That was so daft. I, I really hope Ange says to them after the game, 
don't give Rangers stop conceding silly fouls, stop conceding corners, because Rangers create loads of chances for him. Their best chances on the day came for our silly mistakes. So what did you make? What did you make of that? The goal, the daft foul O'Reilly gave away, and the feelings at halftime because our dear leader was said he was really annoyed that we were in a level at halftime, and he was worried it would have an impact on the players. So what did you make of the goal? Could Joe Hart have done anything? And what did you make of the first half overall? Just on the goal itself, I don't think Joe Hart could have really done anything. Um, it was a bit slack and, and sloppy in the build up to it, and then O'Reilly, as you say, gives away. Free kick in a pretty um, daft area. Um, and, and we know, obviously, what Rangers are like for those situations. I don't want to turn it into the Glasgow is Blue podcast, but it is one <laughs> of the better goals I can remember them scoring at Celtic Park. There was nothing Hart could do about it. You, you don't save those. And I was kind of of the same opinion with Stevie as well going into half time. I did think that would have a, a negative uh, effect. I think, on balance, it probably did. We'll obviously talk about the second half just now, but... I thought in the opening kind of five, ten minutes, up until we really scored the, the, the second goal, Rangers did start the better of the, the two teams um, in the second half. We gave away a couple more free kicks from, you know, it, it can be 30, 40, 50 yards for goal. You know what Rangers are going to do. They're going to obviously whip it into the box. And they did that a couple of times at the start of the second half. They did a, a corner as well where Morelos and Johnson were kind of wrestling each other again and Morelos went close so I think it did actually have a little bit of an impact and I think it definitely gave them a lift as I say going into the second half because I thought they actually then went on to to start the better of the two teams in that kind of 5-10 minute period after the break Aye, there's been a lot of talk for Rangers after it like how they're, they're like get matching us and there wasn't much in the game well I mean they didn't create that many chances but I say they were in the first 10 minutes especially the second half the better team we did as you say look ropey I mean Morelos had a great chance at the back post but he never really got a good contact and he shot he sort, he sort of hit it into the ground and Hart made the save as you say there was that one with him and Johnson in the penalty box which I think they were claiming for a penalty that was a narrative after the game I don't think it was I think it was a header that was blocked I think by his own player a big reason for that though and I don't want to slag him again was Aaron Moy he looked absolutely done in and I mean he got that booting at the start of the second half for a rugby tackle and it just I thought he has to get off immediately in fact he didn't he didn't go off until the 61st minute and we scored a minute later I mean that, that didn't really have anything to do with Moy but we did play much better when Moy got took off but I really the first 10 minutes of the second half was the only time I was concerned I mean okay the last like maybe 10 minutes of the game when I was worried Rangers were going to get an equaliser but the, really the, the the first 10 15 minutes saying half was the only time I thought we were on the back foot and Rangers could do something but I mean we obviously got our act together but that that was really due to midfield Moyes looked done in and we had to make the change we eventually did when a Wattie came on for him and I think we looked much much better and for the remainder of the game when he came on 62nd minute, we took the lead, maybe slightly against the runner play, but these things happen in football. And it was a goal thanks to some two things, some poor defending by Ben Davis and a, a, an instinctive finish by Kyogo. Now, earlier on, when Kyogo got his goal disallowed, Davis completely lost him and didn't know where he was. So I thought, I wonder if we could get an advantage of him. And what happened was, as everybody knows, he attempted to clear the ball. It hit Jota's um, privates. <laughs> It didn't hit his hand, which both Michael Beale and uh, Tav talked about after the game. I think they were talking about a handball. It didn't hit his hand. If, and you see, and on that Celtic unique angle video, which I don't think any readers will watch, 
it does show that it doesn't hit Jota's hands, it hits Jota's, uh, Jota's. And the ball deflected <laughs> to Kyogo, and he just instinctively, I think, put it through McGregor's legs. Uh, an instinctive striker's finish that Henry Larson would be proud of. And we'll talk about Henry Larson again in a wee bit. But no, that was... I know I've seen a lot of talk about individual errors after the game, and Rangers have been saying, if they hadn't, Rangers fans have been saying, if they didn't do individual errors, I mean, it would have made a difference. But you need to take advantage of that. And Kyogo did, and it just sums up what a good striker he is, as you said. I mean, when you look at the criticism from the podcast, no you, but from me and Stevie, when we criticised him earlier this season, especially after the Aberdeen game, the first game after the, the World Cup, he hadn't played well in the Champions League as well, but he's just proved us, proved the doubters wrong, especially us. I mean, what a good goal that was. A, a great striker's finish, and Rangers kind of see McCobie's movement in the box. All his goals, I think, have been scored, unless I'm wrong, from inside the penalty box against Rangers, and it's been great movement for them all, and they just kind of cope with him. And as long as Kyogo starts against Rangers, I'll be confident we'll get a goal. And I thought it was an excellent goal. I mean, the defending was quite funny. And the third goal was even more funny. But that's all about Kyogo. It was a, an excellent goal by him. Yeah, no, it was um, comical defending, to, to be honest. You know, the attempt at the clearance and then the header straight off a jota. A jota, to be fair, I think actually deserves a bit of credit. One for the perseverance to go and kind of close Davies down after he's, he's scuffed that clearance. And then two, to kind of the presence of mind at the time to know that he needs to hold his arms and his hands as, as close to his body as he can. He said it doesn't come off his hand or his arm at all. I don't know what they were going on about after the game in terms of complaining about that decision because even if it was, obviously we know the rule is as such now where I think if it's accidentally came off of uh, a teammate and then into the path of a player and they score from it, it's it's not a foul or a handball anyway. But having said that, it wasn't a handball to begin with. And it is just a brilliant instinctive finish from Kyogo. Um, it's what he does in and around the the eighteen yard box, you know, between the the two posts is where he does most of his good work. Not just in the games against Rangers, but the vast majority of his goals for us elsewhere have all came in around the the eighteen yard box as well. So it's just what he does, you know. Whether it's a a touch and finish or just a first time finish as well, and again, just to be calm and, and cool and collected under that pressure to just put it through McGregor's legs. I thought it was a, a brilliant finish for him and yet another goal for him in this fixture. No, it's weird. Maybe he's better when he's no good time because when you look at that. Absolute sitter he missed against Ross County last week. He had a lot more time than he had with that goal. That goal he scored on Saturday. And maybe he's just better instinctively. But it was a great goal. It put us 2-1 up. And then 10 minutes later, it was 3-1. And this was an extremely funny goal. It was nearly as funny as Tumble's goal in the 4-0 game this season. Uh, John Souter, who is, I think, making his only second Rangers start in the league this season, and the first was in the first game of the season, was short with a back pass. Alan McGregor tried to run out and get it. He was too slow, hilariously, and Joe and nipped in, intercepted the back pass, and put the ball into the net for an acute angle, very similar to Henrik Larson's goal in the 3-0 win over Rangers at Ibrox in 2001. Very similar goal. Jota's second goal against Rangers this season. He'd done his same celebration as well, which everybody loved. And that was a goal about two things. Some truly abysmal defending, but Jota's anticipation was excellent. That was that that was a goal that a striker would have been proud of. That's a goal last would have been proud of because his anticipation was excellent. McGregor was too slow to get him, and I think if he fouled him, it would have been a penalty and a red card. And really, that should have had us comfortable. That really was a, 
a very amusing goal, I'd say. It's the difference because as much as our fans will say after the game off, we just cut out these individual errors um, with a left with a point or all three. Celtic made mistakes. There was points for Celtic were slacking possession as well. Maybe not with the severity of, of Davies and Suter for the second and third goal, but the difference is Celtic are just utterly ruthless. And as you say, it was a real striker's finish from Jota to run onto that, take the touch, and then to tear it first time from that sort of acute angle. People were saying after the game it was similar to Larson's at Ibrox 2000-2001 um, season. I think it was his 50th goal of the season, wasn't it, as well? It was kind of a, a similar finish to that. McGregor, I think, really showed his age, to be honest, and how slow he was to get out to it. But huge credit to Jota for, as I say, taking the touch and then managing to score from, from that acute angle. But it does just go to show that the difference is Celtic are ruthless when it comes to individual mistakes. And a way that's a goal as much, and Anne's ball goal as much as the first goal, because, I mean, our players have got that instinct in their head, always try and let be in the front foot. So Jota must have thought, I wonder if he'll be slow with that pass back. And he just ran in, and it was instinctive play. And Jota, I don't think, has been at his best throughout all this season. I think he's been up and down, but he scored two big goals against Rangers, and he's more than been valuable to the team this season. I think overall he's had a good season. And I'm sure he'll contribute a lot in the last, I think, eight or nine games we've got this season. So that was us 3-1 up. You'd think, the game's won. We can celebrate. Time to, get, time to play and go to the pub. But no, we gave away another goal, and yet again, it was from a set piece to an extent. Rangers had a free kick; it was cleared, and then we know that their best, one of their like biggest attributes, is Barisic's crossing ability. And we gave him far too much space to get across into the box. And Tav was at the back post. Alistair Johnson, I think, could have done better. He headed it into the net. So that made it 3-2 with just over 10 minutes to go. And that made, I think, everybody perhaps worry again. Especially about 60 seconds later, when Tabernier had another chance at the back post with a header, but he sort of a challenge came in and he fluffed the header. It's, the ball sort of ran down and we never got a, a good, like, sort of clean effort on it. See when we played Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final, Emderick concedes a free kick at a corner to Rangers is fined. Because it's so ridiculous. We'll talk about one more again in a couple of minutes, the last kick of the game. But it's just unbelievable that we were getting Rangers set free kicks and corner kicks when they know how much like impact that has in their game. They must have no watched Rangers in the Europa League last season. I mean, obviously no Celtic fan did, right lads? But, I mean, part of Rangers' success in the Europa League last season was the way that they took advantage of set pieces. And fair play to them for that. I mean, I don't like saying that, but it is a big reason why they got to that final. And it's just ridiculous that we were getting away free kicks and corners towards the end. And I thought I thought Alistair Johnson was deservedly man of the match, but I think he could have done better for that goal. As you say, their kind of biggest assets are we know how good their fullbacks are at getting the ball in the box. There was seven or eight instances alone um, in the second half where we can see the free kick, not even a direct free kick, but one kind of 35, 40 yards from goal. And it's like, you know where it's going. They're going to just float the ball in the box, play for, you know, hopefully a knockdown and, and it's it's chaos ball, basically. That's what they thrive off of. As you said, it, it helped them in a big sense in terms of the run they had in Europe last year and having considered a, a set piece to them. Set piece goal I should say in the final. Um kinda of hope it'd be something we'd be a little bit more wise to by this point because there was other instances of it throughout the game. That one, obviously again it's just a, a long cross in the box. 
Johnson switches off at the back post for a split second and, and obviously Tavernier then gets in to score. So it, it was a pretty poor goal to lose, to be honest, and, and one I think upon reflection the the players will know themselves as well they should have done much better from and, and hopefully, as you say, there's a different approach, I guess, um, when it comes to the, the semi-final because we know what they're going to do. We, we know what they sort of thrive off of as set pieces and dead ball situations and I think that was one thing we struggled really to, to counteract yesterday. Or Saturday, I should say. It's Monday when we're recording this. <laughs> don't, don't, don't break the illusion. But no... I, I just I couldn't get out of the free kicks and set pieces we were conceding. It was just driving me ballistic. It was ridiculous. Right, so let's talk about two other moments in the game. Alexandro Burnaby, who came on as a substitute in the setting half, had a chance to right his sail into Celtic folklore by scoring a fourth goal. Oh, done well. He hold the ball up, passed the ball to him. He was through in goalie, the Rangers man challenging him. But he had a great chance to put in a shot. And he passed. He passed the ball to nobody. I'm sure everybody's seen it, before. but it was so weird. I just couldn't go over it. He must have thought Owen made the run, but Owen was like about 10, 15 yards behind. I just, I just couldn't believe it. I don't know why then. Sure, especially when you look at the goal he scored against Ross County, it was just ridiculous. I think it must have been the atmosphere that affected him because I don't know why he didn't shoot. But it was a good play. I thought Ball would hold the wall up and. He's impressed me this season. I'd, li- I'd like to see him get more game time when the league is finally sewn up. And then, talking about set pieces, the very last moment of the game, the last kick of the game, we gave away a free kick. Another daft foul, 30 yards out. The others, it wasn't central, like when Rangers scored the first goal. It was at an angle. And I thought, if their captain takes this, I think it might be a goal. But they left it to Barisic, and he put it well over the bar. And that was at literally, I think, the last kick of the game. I don't think Joe Hart even got the kick out. And that was three-two winners. Did you watch that free kick, or were you like me? You just put your head in your hands and didn't watch it, and hid in your hole. Did you watch as you were there? Watch that free kick. Unfortunately, I, I did have the the displeasure, if you will, of, of watching it there in real time. To be fair, I contemplated turning away, kind of having my, my head in my hands, um, Neil Lennon style. Remember that penalty <laughs> against Spartak Moscow. It isn't the last 16 of the Champions League. So I, I was on the verge of doing that. And then I sort of thought in my mind, well, hold on. There's no away fans here today. So of course you'll get a offer of FC or whatever shout. But I'll not get the certainty of 800, formerly 8,000 of them um, in the away end. I'll celebrate if it does go in. So I thought just just for, just for certainty's sake, um, I'll watch it. And thankfully, as you say, um, their captain left it for Barisic to take. I was surprised at that. I know it was one that kind of slightly favoured the left footer, but having scored one already, um, having obviously scored at the back post as well, and then you're thinking he's um, he's on a hat trick here. I did think Tavernier would have took that one, but thankfully it was well over the bar from from Borna Barisic, and as you said, it was the last kick of the game. Uh, that was the last kick of the game, and we ran out three two winners. It wasn't our best performance, but at this stage of the season, it's all about wins, and it's even better when you win. When you don't play well, it'll be interesting to see what Ange makes of the performance in private because obviously it was like saying his usual. After the game, he was pleased with the players and all that. But I think Ange can know that we can play better. I think we played better in the cup final. I think it was a combination of us getting used to Rangers tactics and the fact that one of our midfielders was unfit and our other best midfielder 
wasn't playing. So, so before we talk about our sensational adventures after the game, who do you who was the standout performance for you? We've talked about Alistair Johnson and we've talked about Kyogo. Did anybody else impress you? McGregor again. Uh, I know he kind of struggled to get into the game opening kind of 15, 20 minutes, but once he did, and particularly in the second half as well, once it opened up a bit, I think the introduction of Wata to the midfield certainly gave us more of a balance there and I think it allowed him to kind of do his his role a bit more effectively and, and then obviously on balance it is only fair to say a water when he came off the bench. Um he's been impressive in, in recent weeks, albeit I didn't think the, the balance was maybe right away to Ross County when he started the game. That was no fault of his own. And and obviously there was a few who were saying that they'd liked him to, to have started on Saturday. But I thought he did his job very well when he came on as well. Um so so credit to him uh in, in terms of his introduction to the game. I'm kind of in the same boat as yourself. I don't think we were... I think everyone can probably admit we weren't at our absolute peak on, on Saturday at all. We're hoping, obviously, that there'll be players back from injury. Hattati's obviously a big one for the semi-final. Um, and, and hopefully then we can go and put on a, a better performance. But ultimately, at this stage of the season, I know it's a kind of cliche and it gets you nowhere in the long run, but now as we are 10 points away from, from winning another title... It really is just getting the um, getting the victory on the day that counts, and and they managed to do that um, after, as I say, being a little bit subpar. So so credit to them there. But there was obviously still a few outstanding individual performances. I don't know if there was any that you'd uh, spotted you'd like to flag up for the listeners as well. I suppose because we didn't mention him, and I go, we better mention Jota because he did score and he did contribute and assist with his testicles. And I don't know many other players. <laughs> that have, I don't know many other players that have done that. But no, I mean he's he's been good against Rangers this season. I don't, he, of course, didn't play in the game Ibrox for the start because I think he did the flu or something. So I thought a while I did play well. The midfield was much was much more solid. I'd say with him in midfield. Matt O'Reilly, I thought had an up and down game, but he did provide an assist, and I think Angel feels vindicated in selecting him. Kyle Starfield played well. I think that. Two games in a row, he's been excellent against Rangers. He was pretty poor at Ibrox in New Year. But I thought he was excellent in the cup final, and I thought he played well again at the weekend. I thought he played better than Carl Vickers. So you consider the fact that our, our best midfielder wasn't playing. One of our best midfielders was unfit, and our best defender wasn't his best. We did well to get the win. And I think that everybody at Celtic should be pleased. But I think everybody at Celtic got be focused, forgetting about the game already and focusing on Sunday. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But after the game, we did, sensationally enough, meet up in the, the Glasgow establishment Robert has. And I bought you a Guinness. What, what a guy I am. It really was uh, one for the history books, John. You're getting a, a round in. I've got a cheek to say that because I think I was the very last one to, to get around in, albeit I was the last person there as well. However, it was a great celebration afterwards. It always is after these games. I was obviously uh, with, with other unnamed individuals uh, prior to arriving at Robert has. However, it was a nightmare trying to get in anywhere. Um, such was the, the buzz after another big victory. And obviously it was a, a nice sunny day as well, but... A good celebration nonetheless, and always good to be in your esteemed company. Likewise, Spongophone, it was yet again sensational to see. And I think twice this season we've went out after the Celtic League wins uh, against Rangers at Celtic Park. So maybe we'll do it again after the, the semi finals. It depends, you know, I suppose, what happens. If that game goes to extra time and penalties, I might just have to go to bed for a week after it, uh, deal with the stress. <laughs> 
Because I have to say, these games are still stressful. I mean, we're better than Rangers in our... I mean, even if we'd give... Well, I think if we if we drew, even it would have been a pain. As well as it's worth the new one up, that would have been a, a pain to blow a two goal lead. There, that took massive confidence for that. I mean, the games are still stressful though. Even though like, we've been like in a fairly comfortable winning position in the last two, the the tweets draw eyebrows are pretty stressful. I mean, there isn't a lot between the teams, but I think we've still got that bit extra, especially in attack, and that should give us confidence for the semi-final. I think we'll play... If everybody's back, i.e. Hitati, if he's back for the semi-final, I'm confident that we'll be much better. But we'll talk about that a lot more when we do the semi-final preview in a couple of weeks. Right, so we'll now talk about the upcoming game on Sunday quite briefly. We're going to Rugby Park to play Kilmarnock for the fourth time this season. We beat them, I think it was 5 nothing there in the first few weeks of the season. We beat them 2-0 at Celtic Park and we won 2-0 as well in the League Cup semi-final and I thought they actually played fairly well in that semi-final. We went at our best. It's a big game for both teams really because they need the points to try and get out the relegation dogfight with Dungeon United winning on Sunday, it's a three-way sort of fight to avoid relegation between Dungeon United, Ross County and Kilmarnock, and I think we'll be putting as strong a team as possible. It'll be interesting to see if Rio Hattati is involved, and I'll also be, maybe know as it's a plastic pitch, Ange might want to wait and keep him for the game against Motherwell next week. And I'll be interested to see, to see if Aaron Moy gets a nod to start as well. Do you think, now that he had an extra week's training, that Moy will stay on the side? Or do you think that Angel maybe start a Wata and keep Matt O'Reilly in the team as well? What are your thoughts in the lineup for this weekend? The game prior to, to obviously the one at the weekend there up at Ross County, we started with a, a Wata. Kind of sitting deepest and McGregor was in a little bit higher up and I thought we were kind of missing a, a bit of balance. Again, as I said earlier on, that was no fault of, of a Wata's. Um, who again I picked out as one of the kind of better performers on on Saturday this week. So I wouldn't be surprised for him to come in, but equally I wouldn't be surprised if he did keep it the same as you say. Moyle have another week's training under his belt. I do think it will be a bit of a closer game, just given the situation Kilmarnock are in just now, rather than the the one earlier in the season. It's kind of been a, a not really a cliche actually. It has been a problem for us to be honest. Previously going to these away venues where we're playing on the plastic pitch but we kind of blew them away um, obviously in, in August um, I think we won up after five or so minutes in that game and then went on to win 5-0 we scored two overhead kick goals in the one game which is um, pretty rare and I think that was Carl Starfield's first goal for Celtic that day as well so fond memories of our last trip to Rugby Park and, and obviously can I look at the recent record at Livingston plastic pitches are no longer an excuse I'm afraid um, for this Celtic team who have been relentless um, on all manner of surfaces. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is one or two changes. Equally, I wouldn't be surprised if Moy keeps his place with another week's training under his belt. But I do suspect it'll be a bit of a closer game than the 5 0 in August, purely because of where Kilmarnock are at the moment. Interestingly enough, the two players that scored those overhead kicks don't play for Celtic anymore. There you go. Morris Jens and Gigi. What a very boring fact that was. But. <laughs> I I think it'll be a, a close game. I mean, the now though it's just about getting the victories. I mean, it'd be good if we like won five nothing and then we beat Motherwell five nothing, like to give the team tons of confidence for the semi final. But really, we only need ten points to win the league. Now it's just about grinding the results out and 
and getting the win, and I'm sure that Ange will completely forgot about the game at the weekend, and the entire focus will be on the game against Kamarlock. Interestingly enough, Gigpod are going to be at the pre-match press conference on Friday, so there's something for you, for the listeners to look forward to. Our wonderful questions to Ange, so it'll be interesting to see what team news there is and who's available. And I'm interested to see if Hacks of starts as well. So I'll let you do a quick shoot prediction on the game, Spunk Phone, before we go. I do still trust that we'll get the business done, albeit I do think it'll be a little bit closer than the one earlier on the season. But I'll go with a, a 2-0 win for Celtic, John. I think it'll be 3 nothing, 3 nothing. I think we'll win. It'll be a tight game at first, but I think we'll eventually get the business done and we'll get the win that takes us even closer to a second title in the row. Spunk Phone. Thank you very much for joining us and talking about the game at the weekend. John, thank you. The the pleasure was all mine. Exactly. And I can't wait for the next time you buy me around. So, <laughs> thank you to Spunkphone for being on this week on the debrief, as we're now calling it. And me and Spunkphone will be back next week from an unnamed establishment to talk about the Commander game and look ahead to the Motherwell game next Saturday. So you've got that to look forward to. You can catch us on all the usual places. You know by now the podcast platforms. You can tell us how good we are. Leave us five stars. Leave us great reviews. You can catch us on Twitter sometimes and on Instagram most of the time at GigPod. And it's our beloved dear leader, Stephen, that's in charge of those. So I'm no doubt he'll have good content up during the week. More polls about songs and players and all that. And as I said, we'll be back next week after the Commander game. We'll review that game. A look ahead to the Motherwell game and we'll catch up in what's no doubt going to be another interesting weekend news at Celtic Park. So thanks to Spunkphone again. Thanks everybody for listening as usual. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic at the weekend and hail hail. Podcast Network.